We'll start with the small talk. I woke up at 2 in the morning shitting because I ate Domino's, so that was fun. Hey, Domino's, if you want to sponsor the show for giving Levi the shits at 2 a.m., you can email us at heelsandquats at gmail.com. Now, if anybody needs to come here tonight to have a good time, please get the fuck out! Dance, dance, dance. Hard to even fucking focus on it. Like, I wanted yeah. to have a fucking puke bucket next to me and be like, oh my god, he's gonna puke. Because it was so fucking, <laughs> this show was, this show was fucking awful. If you experience yellowing of the skin, and diarrhea, chills, and a fever, you might be John Dice. Do you or someone you know suffer from mesothelioma? Have you or someone <laughs> or you know died from mesothelioma? Contact us now. You may be entitled to a settlement. You know, it's, Hold on a second, people. I gotta tell you something. If you are a loved one, have any issues, just call Tober Beetle and Musgrave. 1-800-Tober-Beetle-and-Musgrave. That's a long fucking phone number. You're gonna text it, too. I've got 17 too many numbers. You guys, I feel like you guys are an extension of Talk and Shop. I want to just keep doing this interview. Like, I, how drunk am I gonna be when I land in Las Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! Did you just turn into the fucking Cowardly Lion? <laughs> are we on the Yellow Brick Road? Jesus. <laughs> I am broken. You know I need you now. <laughs> Levi at Levi D. Zindel on Twitter, and this is the Heels and Quads Wrestling Podcast. In that first line, that was the theme song to Judgment Day 2002. They play it like 3,000 times. Yeah, I got it. I just thought it was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird that it was the theme song no that you started off that way <clears throat> well it was i thought it was odd that it was the theme song because i'm like who is broken and who needs who <laughs> i don't uh, know who made who uh 12 stones was the was the band that did the theme they also did the nexus theme oh shit yeah. I didn't know so, that. Yeah. I didn't either. Anyways, so I well you want to talk about somebody being broken. I'm I'm to that point. And um, you need you need somebody now. I do. I need, <laughs> yeah. I, need I need a bank to <laughs> yeah. if you hear me. Because Big Papa Pump is exhausted. Yeah. So please excuse my voice. I just woke up. My allergies are killing me. But we want to get this done before Levi has to work. It's 80 hours. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I'm Tommy, Mr. Tommy Walter on Twitter. That's Thomas. And He's exhausted. This is the first WWF, now WWE pay-per-view to, quote-unquote, get the F out. Yeah, it's the first pay-per-view as the E, not the Fed, the E. The entertainment business. <sighs> <laughs> so I was mistaken. I don't know if I said it last week on here. I said it was on my birthday, but my birthday is not May 19th. It's May 18th. I don't know why I thought this one was on my birthday, but I got 2003 mixed up. So Levi, does, when, Levi doesn't know his own birthday. He can't help it. That's when you know you're getting, you're getting, you're getting up there. <laughs> uh, so this was May 19th, 2002. As Tommy said, it was the first pay-per-view as the E and not the F. There is two commercials throughout the show uh, telling you to get the F out. One the old the lady bush. clipping the hedge, the bush. Yeah, the bush. And then She's the other one is her bush. Stacey Keebler having sex in the car. <sighs> and the window's all, yeah. Windows, <laughs> windows all fog up. Ugh, God. Ugh. Oh, my God. Tonight, live after the Heels and Quads Wrestling Podcast. Stacy Keebler still has legs. <laughs> She's got legs. <laughs> she knows how to use them. Uh, this was in Nashville, Tennessee. As I said earlier, the theme song was Broken by 12 Stones, and that's the same band that does the Nexus theme. It was at the Gaylord Entertainment Center, which became the Bridgestone Arena. Oh, uh, okay. Um. Uh, 14,521 in attendance, and hey, did you know this was a co-branded pay-per-view event? I did, because back then, and I didn't have to say it every five minutes, but back then, that's how they were. 
They did they did the draft and then backlash. Uh, so it was co branded all the way up till Armageddon. Armageddon was the first or no, all the way up to uh, No Way Out of the next year. No. It was co branded all the way to Judgment Day the next year, excuse me. So a whole it, it was a whole year later before they Judgment started Day. making the change. Yes. And Judgment Day was SmackDown exclusive. <clears throat> no, that was Raw. Oh, the first <clears throat> year was Raw, and then they yeah, switched the, it. Yeah, because the first year has Bischoff and Stone Cold drinking beer up in the VIP box. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, and then 04 was oh four to 07 was all SmackDown on Judgment Day. <clears throat> and then okay. 08 went back to co-branded. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that Judgment Day 2002 was sponsored by... 1-800-CALL-A-T-T. <laughs> yes. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. 10-10-2-20, 1-800-COLLECT, oh, yeah. 1-800-CALL-A-T-T. 1-800-C-O-L-L-E-C-T. Which I think, oh, it was 10-10-2-20 was the Hulk Hogan and ALF commercial. Yeah. <clears throat> I got a frog going on here. That's all right. Um, I, I sound like I snorted a bag of pollen. So as I kind of said before in the poll said i don't know why but i just for some reason i love judgment day 2002 and 2002 with the year as a whole because i do like undertaker's run as a heel and champ and i do i did like big evil tommy's not exactly a fan uh but i do kind of looking back i do kind of understand why nobody why the gimmick wasn't received well yeah the gimmick wasn't received well in general and, and by you because and i get it because I don't know. And then they tried to give him all these weird nicknames. Um, Big Red. But, yeah, Booger Red. Was Booger Red, Big Evil. Yeah, I like Big Evil. but And then, uh, you know, when he came back, there was... Uh, Dead Man Walking. When he first came back in 2000 as the badass, there was kind of some hate because he was a little out of shape. He was a little yeah. thicker when he came back. Well, and so. even here, he was a little thicker. Yeah, him as Do you think it's because it ma- he made that change to the tank top? I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe. Because and we just didn't notice it before and then now all of a sudden it's it's all out there for the world to see. Yeah. And then this was around this time too. He had uh there was word of his retirement, but I think this year started every year was going to be Undertaker's retirement. So cuz I think he was like almost 40 right here. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he's on the cover. I just, I love the artwork. I love the stage setup is probably one of my favorite stage setups. It is a in... really cool stage setup. I will give yeah, man. The gravestones. Like, I love that. And <laughs> as everybody knows, probably the reason why I agreed to do this, other than the poll winning, is because it's Hulk Hogan's last time as WWF champion. And we'll get to that match. That was a, that was a real fart. It, you know, I, I think. <laughs> I took a lot of notes on that one, and, yeah. and I'll get to it, but, you know, there were a couple of spots where I was surprised. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I See, I was going to, when we get to that match, I'll tell you what I was thinking. I think okay. you'll probably be thinking the same thing. All right, so I have, I have some precursors here before Judgment Day 2002 from Wikipedia, of course. Right. So the main feud, main feud leading into Judgment Day on the Raw brand was Hogan and Undertaker, obviously. See, I thought uh, Hogan was on SmackDown. But see, since he's the undisputed champion, I think at that point they were going back. Oh, home. that's right. That's right. Hogan was. Yeah, that's right. He had the belt. I forgot about that. Um, okay. So, Backlash, uh, The Undertaker defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin and became the number one contender. And that's the same night Hogan beat Paul for the undisputed title. <laughs> uh, Paul. Let's see. <laughs> On the April 25th episode of SmackDown, The Undertaker came to SmackDown in order to attack Triple H, prompting Hogan to run in and save Triple H on the next Raw. Hogan and Undertaker confronted as Hogan tried to attack The Undertaker. However, later that night, during Hogan's match with William Regal, The Undertaker attacked Hogan with Hogan's weight belt, busting him wide open. He's busting wide open. The next week on Raw, Hogan stole The Undertaker's motorcycle and rode into the ring on it. And then tried to chase the Undertaker with the motorcycle, which did not start, by the way. Oh, yeah. I never forget that. I remember yeah. watching that raw. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember watching it live and going, oh, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> Later that night, Hogan destroyed the motorcycle with a truck. The next week on Raw, Undertaker attacked Hogan in the backstage, tied him into Hogan's motorcycle and dr- tied him in. They don't know how to word on Wikipedia. 
Anyways, so yeah, the motorcycle thing. The main feud on SmackDown was Chris Jericho and Triple H, of course. They had that match at WrestleMania where Triple H defeated Jericho to win the Undisputed Championship. Um, on the April 25th episode of SmackDown, Jericho defeated Triple H with The Undertaker's Hope in order to get a title shot at Hollywood Hogan's title the next week. The next week on SmackDown, Jericho managed to convince Vince McMahon, who was the owner of SmackDown, not the WWE at the time. Yeah. Kayfabe. To make the match a notice qualification match and to prevent Triple H from hitting Jericho. Blah, blah, oh, blah. You know, I always wondered why SmackDown was so stacked back then. And it was even even with a kayfabe Vince being the owner, even though he is the owner. Yeah. He still made SmackDown better for his sake. So, Because, oh, man, 2002, dude. 2002 to... It was... SmackDown was stacked. It was Hogan, Rock, Triple H... Uh, Edge, all or the SmackDown Five, they were there. Uh, man, my God, it was just. And then Raw was it was Stone Cold basically, and Hogan kind of flopping around. Undertaker, Undertaker was Raw. Hogan flopping around. <laughs> <laughs> Undertaker was Raw, uh, but it was really just Stone Cold and Undertaker. And then as soon as Stone Cold left, Triple H kind of went back to Raw. Uh, and anyways, so. So the other main feud from the Raw brand was Stone Cold Steve Austin against Big Show and Ric Flair. At Backlash, Flair refereed the Austin-Undertaker number one contenders match and counted Austin without seeing he had had his foot on the bottom rope. That was a good, that was a good match, by the way, that Backlash yes. match. Um, then uh, Flair told Austin that he made a mistake and booked Austin and Bradshaw against the NWO of Scott Hall and X-Pac. But Bradshaw was attacked in the backstage. Flair put Big Show in the match as a replacement. But Show turned on Austin and joined the NWO. Yep. So, yeah, that's about it. And Dude, what is up with that dog? It's always something. <laughs> they were perfectly quiet until I came outside. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is when the NWO kind of got, like, the NWO had its little comeback from January to WrestleMania. And then, like, immediately following immediately following. Immediately following, it was it got kind of strange, and I liked the I liked the WWE WWE WWF NWO kind of because it was like Big Show, Pac, Booker T, Sean was in it. You got like a jungle going on. There. <laughs> it's a freaking zoo, dude. And then if I go inside, I got my kids screaming because it's summer break. So it's like, what? my God, it's when a do zoo I everywhere. Uh, so anyways, uh, but yeah, so let's hit the show, man. Let's start the show. All right. So before I'm still here, by the way. Oh, okay. Good to know. (laughs) Um, before the show starts, uh, William Regal defeated D'Lo Brown to retain the European championship that took place on Sunday night heat. Can't wait to see this heat. Six minutes and 22 seconds. Uh, so the show opens. With the nooses as usual, and uh, theme song. He's broken. He needs them now. <laughs> By twelve stone. Uh, the mat. The show opens with RVD versus Eddie for the Intercontinental Championship. It's the battle of the five star frog splashes, or just the frog splashes, because Eddie's isn't the five star. But this is one of those openers that's like ten minutes or under that really just kicks off the show. And he had two guys that could just go here. And it's almost right at 10 minutes. Yeah. 10, 17. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, it's it's just one of those, it's a perfect opener because it's not too long, it's not too short, and the match doesn't ever really slow down because they're just fast-paced. I mean, these guys were in their prime at the time, so they're going, 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 going. Um, they just keep going back and forth. Neither of them hit a frog, neither of them hit a frog splash, though. They both they do it one right after another. They both miss, uh, and then Eddie, I forgot if he distract he distracts the referee or not. But then he gets his he does the roll up uh, and gets his feet on the ropes and gets a dirty pin. So yeah, that it, it keeps ends that going. really abruptly. And for a great match, I mean, it's okay to have a weird finish, but especially if it's like number two or three, was like awesome. Yeah, yeah, these guys were these guys killed it, man. So that's just that's all I really got to say about that. Is it was a great opener. Um, Reverend Devon's backstage with Vince, Stacy, and Deacon Batista, and he's saying something about them testifying, blah blah blah. 
that weird stuff because their match is next. Uh, that's when next after this is when we get the get the f out commercial with the bush. She's trimming the bush, sets it on fire, and then it just says WWE. WWE, get the f out. Hey, speaking of uh, promo ads, where can they go to get our t-shirts? They can go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Heels and Quads. That is our official merch store on the Pro Wrestling Tees website. And we have five shirt designs available with the new, the fifth one being the new Rust in Peace Dungeon. Thanks to Derek at Curtain Jerker Designs. That is the dungeon, if you didn't listen to our earlier episodes, was Tommy's previous home that he does now not live in. Uh, So get the dungeon shirt. It's pretty sweet. Dungeon door. The dates on it, rest in peace dungeon, heels and quads. Uh, and then the other four shirts that you know about, of course, you got the fist logo, we got the guns logo, and we got the two vintage logos, the purple and the black. So go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash heels and quads and get yourself some of our merch. You can't get the purple one in a tank top. That is a bummer. Oh, I'll change that. Don't worry. Okay. So, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Heels and Quads, and the show resumes. Uh, yeah, so the promo for the F, to get it out, get the F out. I liked the get the F out commercials, because it, it was that Vince marketing, you know? Oh, we can, we can say get the F out without saying it, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know he had and some you, wild you, idea you, like that. You, knew, you know that's how he was saying it, too. It's exactly, You're exactly right. Uh, not that I know Vince or anything, but I mean, we all know how he talks. So, um, excuse me. I got weird for a second. Then we get Trish versus Stacy for the women's title. This really isn't eventful. It's just two minutes and 54 seconds. And my, my actual note on this, because I really could care less about the match. Um, boring AF until Batista body slammed Diva or body slammed Trish. Yeah. And then Devon and Batista put Bubba Ray through a table with a double flapjack. Yeah, dude. Batista, I put Batista slams Trish hard while the ref is distracted. Like, he slammed the shit out of Trish. Yeah. <laughs> dude, she, done, dr- she done messed up, A.A. Ron. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then they put him through the table. They put uh, Bubba through the table. So it's kind of the heel thing. I don't, I don't know if they expected this Reverend Devon gimmick to take off, but there was no way in hell it was going to take off. I think it was just their idea at the at the moment to try to separate the two yeah because and then you know he keeps the testify thing but anyways uh so this match was kind of uneventful trish uh trish did retain the title because she was the only woman who could remotely wrestle back then and that's no disrespect to any of them it's just it was women's wrestling in wwe back then was it was more of just how the lack of clothes you could wear and the lack of your moveset, pretty much. <laughs> and if you had legs or not. Yeah, if you had legs like Stacey Keebler, then Kid Rock would redo the ZZ Top song. And ruin it. And ruin it, yes. Uh, Flair and Arn backstage. Vince walks in. Vince and Flair shake hands, which is kind of weird. And then they, they uh, Flair says, you were right all along. Stone Cold's a son of a bitch or something like that. <laughs> and, he said, <laughs> and he said he's going to. He said he's gonna put a hurt on him, whatever. And then Vince does that weird thing where he hugs Flair, and he kind of like he's smiling, then he hugs Flair, and the camera sees him like, like not smile. That yeah, weird, you know the weird Vince face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if if you watch wrestling and you listen to our show, which obviously you watch wrestling, but you know what face we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, after this, we get the Hardy Boys, which was Brock and Paul Heyman. Brock. Uh, Jeff immediately, like, Brock just gets to the ring, and Jeff just flops right over the top rope on yep. Lesnar. And then Brock pretty much just beats the shit out of him. I think these guys were just – they were talent enhancement for Brock at this time because this feud started at – it started a little bit before Backlash, and they kind of kept it rolling. That's really all it was was they, they Hardys were, like, talent enhancement, almost jobbers, if you will, for – for Brock. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, they were established tag team, and somebody had to make Brock look strong. Exactly. They so, drew the, yeah. short, the short straw. Um, there's Goldberg chance when, yeah. this start, when this happens, when this match is going on. And this is before Goldberg comes. Yeah, a year before. Brock hits the F5 on Jeff, 
uh, Heyman pins him, and as Payman's running, trying to get in the ring, he's like tripping and falling through the rope and trying to get in. And Jr. says, "Heyman's like a cow on ice." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Classic Jr. Jr. So yeah, Heyman gets the pin. He looks. I mean, he shouldn't have took his jacket off because he. He, I don't know. He just looked weird with normal clothes for and a his, second. And his spray-on uh, hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after this match, Booker, <laughs> this, is, this gets one of the best Booker T segments later yeah. in the show. But oh, yeah. <laughs> Booker is backstage. He is rocking the NWO shirt. Some chick is just randomly standing there. And he's like, oh, she hey. is. She just randomly placed by some package stuff. Uh, so he's, she's just in there and he goes, Oh my. And he walks over there and he's like kind of flirting with her and she gives him her hotel key. So later on in the show, we get to the, the conclusion of that, which is one of the best. Uh, yeah. One of the best gold dust and Booker things. And even if you had never seen judgment day, 2002, chances are you'd seen that segment. Y- yeah. That's, that's definitely a, a popular one. And, and that's coming up. But, uh, so if they don't like our shirts, Levi, where can they go? They can go to collar and elbow and at collarandelbowbrand.com, you can load up your cart full of everything you want. And then make sure to apply the coupon code slash discount code at checkout, heels and quads in all caps. And that will save you 10% on your order. So put $100 worth of stuff in your cart, slap that heels and quads in all caps coupon code on there, and you're down to 90 bucks. So it really, it's going to cover shipping for you. And if you get one shirt, that's pretty much what it does too. It usually covers about shipping. So... That's CollarNoblebrand.com. They have tons of awesome shirts. Um, they got their 2018 collection out right now, the 2018 Summer Collection. And load up your cart, man. That's Al Snow's merch. That's his little site. Tommy has quite a few shirts from there. I'm actually uh, wearing the Ichiban shirt as we speak. There, Because of Hogan is on this. And that's why I put it on. So CollarNoblebrand.com. CollarAndElbowBrand.com. And use coupon code HEELS AND QUADS in all caps at checkout to save 10% on your order. Oh, my. Uh, so here we get into Stone Cold versus Ric Flair and the Big Show. It's kind of a weird handicap match. And this is, this is Stone Cold's last pay-per-view match until No Way Out 2003. This is right before he takes his ball and goes home. Because, yeah, and because they were going to have him lose to Brock on TV in a King of the Ring qualifying match. Without any promotion. Yeah, and I think Stone Cold was right that it it, it didn't need to be done that way. Because that's a – they could have built Stone Cold versus Brock for a year yeah. back then. Yeah. Because it, Stone Cold was still – you know, he was still super over, and everybody's still seeing Stone Cold as a main event player. What? <laughs> And that was at its height, too, the what thing. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I get where Stone Cold is coming from. And he said in, a, in one of his documentaries, he said he handled it wrong. But I understand where he's coming from because you don't just throw away Brock Lesnar versus Stone Cold on TV without a build. Well, and if Stone Cold's not cool with it, like, why press the issue? Yeah, I mean, he, was, he just made you millions the last couple of years. Just because he was on TV. So, I mean, you know, not that Vince needs to be held hostage by him, but but that's the past. That's history. So, we all know Stone Cold came back, but it was about almost a year later at No Way Out 03. All um, seems to be well at this point between the two, so. Yeah. Uh, this is also kind of weird, and I think Stone Cold might have been unhappy with this as well. As same with WrestleMania. Backlash, he kind of got a little main event push-ish thing. But he lost. Uh, Already lost, and this he's in the upper mid card, kind of, or just right in the mid card. Um, so it was weird for me around this time to see Stone Cold not main eventing, you know, because that's the guy. When I started getting into wrestling, he was in the main event all the time. So you know, just a couple of years later, I'm like, why is he not? You know, why is he not their main guy? Because if they would have. 2002 would have been a totally different year if Stone Cold would have still been running the show and nobody's feelings would have been heard about it and the ratings would have been better. And and that's what kind of got me too is because, you know, I was watching this between Sunday night and last night. Um, 
and I was doing something else, and then all of a sudden I hear the glass break, and I'm like, already? Uh, okay. So I, I was like, well, I, I guess I better sit down and watch this. Yeah. <laughs> Stone Cold comes out, opens a can of whoop-ass right away. Uh, this match, it's kind of – watching this, you kind of see I, – I wrote down that Flair versus Stone Cold one-on-one would have would have been a great match. But I think with the – Addition of the big show, not that he ruined it, but it, since it's a handicap match, they didn't really get to showcase an awesome 20 minute singles match. So Agreed. there was, it was a lot more like Stone Cold's brawling style, but I think if it was him and Flair alone, he would have kind of went back to some of his technician stuff, you know, like his, uh, stunning early Steve w- days. Yeah, yeah. And, because, and, I mean, we got a glimpse of that with the exchange of the chops and stuff, which was cool. Yeah, yeah, and the, the what chant, he, when the, he was chopping him, the what, the, he was chopping, the crowd was what, dude, everybody in the arena was saying what, it was so loud. What? Y- yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this match is, it was an alright match, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it was they, okay. They made do with what they had and what spot they had on the card. X-Pac uh, X- interferes, yep. uh, Flair takes the pin after X-Pac, Flair, and Big Show all receive a stunner. Yep. And that match was 15 minutes, 36 seconds. Okay, I was going to say, I was watching it, and it kind of felt like it was pushing 20, so. Which, I mean, granted, you know, it might have not been the best spot on the card, but they got their time. Uh, It did. Flair does that low blow, kind of a weird distraction. He, like, pulls the ref in and low blows Austin, which it would have been very obvious in reality that he low blowed him. And I kind of also made a note that, Flair and Austin were a little sloppy in this match. Just I don't I don't know if it was Flair being older or what, but I something was off. It was just very I don't know. Something was a little sloppy about it. I might have to rewatch it and see if it was just me because it was late when I watched it. But uh, that dog agrees. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's like when he hits him with some Lutezes, it kind of looks. I don't know. Some things just looked a little sloppy, but I'm not saying I hated the match because I did enjoy it because it was Stone Cold. You know, got to enjoy the Stone Cold matches. So, uh, yeah, like you said, X-Pac interferes. He stuns him. He stuns Flair. He stuns Big Show twice. <laughs> and then he pins Flair, gets the one, two, three. So no segment after that. We just go right into Kurt Angle versus Edge. And I think next to the Hell in a Cell match, Kurt Angle versus Edge was match of the night. I think you're right. Cause they total man, they totally they killed it. I I that it was just a great back and forth match, false finishes. Uh, there was just a lot going on in it, but it was a it was an awesome match. You, how much did this one run? How long did you run? Uh, Fifteen thirty. Okay, and it felt it felt identical to the Stone Cold. And that and that's from bell to bell. These times are all bell to bell. This is an entrances and after match stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh. I liked this early on in the match. Kurt Angle gives Edge a belly-to-belly over the top rope. I have that in my notes as well. Dude, that was crazy. It was good. Yeah. This is kind of around the time when Edge shows he can go with the main eventers and kind of keep up being a – he's definitely an upper mid-card at this time because he, he gets a couple intercontinental title reigns in between O two and when he cashes in, like, was it O six? I think he cashes yeah. in. Um, he's, he's definitely on his way here. Yeah. And I think Vince kind of knew Edge was his guy. I don't, oh, he, I, he knew that from get go. Yeah. Okay. He, he, he was just, I mean, Edge was only in the brood and with Christian just, just long get, enough to kind of get his feet wet. You think you know him. You think you know me. And this <laughs> is the, this is the Rob Zombie theme days. Yeah, and I was going to say, there was there was a, I don't remember what pay-per-view it was, but it was one of the first ones he had the Rob Zombie theme, but it was a weird dub for the network, but this mm-hmm. one has it. So it's weird that some shows have it and some don't. Yeah. So, but yeah, I liked his Rob Zombie theme. There's a lot of two counts, kick outs, like I said, false finishes, Edge Spears the ref. Of course he does. <laughs> Every match. How many how many ref bumps were in this show? Dude, there was quite a few ref bumps. Yeah, now that I think of it. Because, uh, uh, what is it, Tim White? He gets injured in the Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. 
Um, he deserved it. He was in the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, Angle kicks out after two spears. Angle spears Edge. Uh, Edge kicks Angle into the ropes and rolls him up for the win. Angle's got the angle lock in, and Edge kind of pushes him off, and he hits the ropes and rolls him up for the win. Uh, and then my last, my last little note of it is kick-ass match. Yeah. I mean, I thought this match was – this is one of those ones that I was like, oh, wow, I love it. Like, it just – it did, the the action didn't stop, you know. They kept they kept rolling. There wasn't really a dull moment. So I mean, and and you have kick ass match, and I have great storytelling. Yeah, storytelling was great. But see, these are Angle was one of those guys, man. He could tell the story in ring. After the match ends, Angle kind of I think he runs off, and uh, yeah, he runs off, and then they they eventually catch back up later in the show. There's some barber out there, and like it's like I know it's not a real barber. It's gotta no, be just, no, it is. It's a real barber. Oh, it's a it's a shoot. Okay, it's I a didn't shoot know. barber. Yeah. Wow. All right. He's probably like, why am I here? Uh, why am I doing this? So after this, when we get the infamous Booker T segment, and he's laying in bed with that chick that he met. Uh, the, she said, "Can you turn the lights out so it's more intimate?" Like, <laughs> yeah. And he said, "What do you?" He goes, "What do you want me to do?" And Goldust says. Leave NWO and come back to us. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what the hell? He turns like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, <laughs> when did Booker T become Yosemite Sam? <laughs> huh? When did Booker T become Yosemite Sam? What, did I do that like that or something? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Uh, so Booker kind of trips out, uh, gets up and leaves. He's got his thong on, but it's hanging off his ass. Uh, and then Goldust says he bought the gown for nothing. <laughs> that was just a great dude. Goldust and Booker around this time. They were I so loved, great, dude. Yes, I love that tag team. I love that duo. My God, all I think, the backstage segments. I mean, there was not one that I did not laugh. Yeah, they're great. I think this is one of my favorite Golddusts right here. Oh yeah, this, this one in the stuttering one. <laughs> oh God, I love. <laughs> Dude, I just I love Gold Dust as a whole, man. Dustin Runnels, I love I love that. Like, I just... we need to do a Booker T Gold Dust show. Yes, yes. Oh my God, we could find so many this summer. Yes, this summer. this summer live coming to the Heels and Quads podcast, the Gold Dust and Booker T show. Oh my God. Oh God, are you still there? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. that was that was me letting you know when I vape. <laughs> my desperation, my cry, uh, uh, your cry for help. Yeah. It's, hey, it's not a choice. It's a, it's not a it's not a habit. It's a lifestyle choice. Yeah. I'll be standing outside. You ever seen that commercial where the kid's standing outside the bar and they're like, "Well, you missed out," because it says, "Don't smoke or vape, or else you're gonna miss out." And then he's standing out there having a cigarette. And this friends come out like, wow, where were you? You missed everything. I'm like, that cigarette didn't take him three hours. <laughs> and if it did, he smoked more than one. Yeah, exactly. Because he was hammered drunk, and he was like, this isn't enough nicotine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I don't, I'm, that's, hey, that's how it goes, man. When you're hammered, you, you don't just smoke one cigarette. Unless you, you do smoke every packs. five minutes. Yeah, that's right. And, but hey, kids, don't smoke. Yeah, don't smoke vape. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Don't vape, do heroin. <laughs> yeah. I'll only do that if I'm there to tie you off. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Jesus. Stay away from scary, drugs buddy. and alcohol. Yeah, don't do that. And, and vape. It's a gateway. Eh, don't it's vape. a gateway. Don't vape either. Yeah, don't vape. That's All right. Uh, so next up we get Jericho and Triple H in a hell in a hell in a cell. Which had a great promo video. Dude, I like, yeah, and I liked this little story. I liked the Jericho and Triple H story, but it was. Who's Triple th- H? Oh, Paul Levesque, excuse me. It's, oh, it's, it's okay, Paul. Chris Jericho versus oh. Paul. Oh. Uh, Christopher Irvine versus Hi, Paul. I'm Paul. <laughs> we got Christopher Irvine versus Paul in a Hell in a Cell. And uh, I, think, I think I mentioned it to you on the phone the other day. We weren't on air, but I said I think the reason why the Jericho title reign. Like the undisputed, him winning the undisputed titles, everybody now talks about it. But back then, not everybody was cool with it. I was, though. I loved Chris Jericho since day one. And as soon as he won the titles, I was like, rightfully deserved. 
you know, of course, I'm just a kid, but I still, I still understand. And, I'm, you know, I, I, I thought Jericho was rightfully deserving of the titles. He was a great champion. But my main thing, I think the reason why people weren't ready for that Chris Jericho character yet, I mean, they were ready for it. They were cool with it. But I don't think they were ready for him as their champ. Yeah. So I think that's why it was kind of received differently than you would hope. And see, I, I'm like you, man. I I saw Jericho as the main guy when before he left WCW. Yeah. Because, like, especially, like, his stuff with Goldberg, and everybody knows I love Ralphus, and if anybody knows how to get a hold of Ralphus, I want him on the show. <laughs> um, Greenberg. But, um, I mean, Jericho was so entertaining, dude. I mean, he, he still is. Still is, He's yeah. one of the most over-pro wrestlers in the today. world today, yeah. And he doesn't even wrestle full-time anymore. Yep, and that's what His I was... His band's awesome. Fozzie kicks ass. Judas, the album, the single, everything was great. I just listened to the album the other day, actually. Uh, we were in the car. Uh, yeah, I listened. I still listen to that it? album over and over again. I think, I think it was Sunday we listened to it. You know, and that's the, that's the thing, too. Now it's everybody says, oh, Jericho, you know, he was the first Undisputed Champion. I'm like, were you a fan back then? Yeah, because everybody that's the else real didn't question. Like it. And, you know, I'm sure everybody was a wrestling fan back then, but were you a fan of him being champion? Because yeah. I was immediately. Yeah, I had a Jerichoholic shirt. Yeah, and it, it, I don't know. You know, it's just one of those things. Now, it's like bigger, it's a bigger deal now that he was the first undisputed champion than it was back then, which is kind of. Well, yeah, because they, it's just that padding of, you know, his his history. They were yeah. like, oh, yeah, but well, by God, he was the first undisputed champion. Yeah. yeah so, we know. Yeah. So this Hell in a Cell match, uh, to me, is it's one of my favorites. Uh, it, I think it's dude, very Dude, and when we, talked, when we talked on the phone, you told me how underrated it was, and I hadn't gotten to the match yet. And I hadn't – I mean, I haven't watched this match probably since this time. Yeah. But, man, you weren't kidding, dude. This was a hell of a Hell in a Cell match. Well, I mean, they just – they go it, – it was – I don't know why it's – you know, I don't know why it's not up there in the top five. I, I, I it's in my top five personal now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess everybody. It, uh, maybe it was because once again, maybe it's that Jericho thing. Maybe that's not why it's in the top five Hell in a Cells because they weren't ready for Jericho to be in the you know a big match like this with Triple H. But, um, I don't know, man. That's a great match. So that's all I got to say about it. No, I'm just kidding. That's uh, all I got to say about that. All I say. So the match starts, kicks off. The ref is yelling, keep it inside. And they're outside. <laughs> the ring. I don't really know why. Tim White. Mm-hmm. Keep, that's probably get, why back, they... get back inside. Get back inside. And even JR's like, why would they get back inside? It's so yeah. <laughs> JR uh, threw him under the bus. Yeah. He's like, keep it inside. Keep it inside. Like, that's why the cell's there. That's why he got pushed into the cell. Yeah. Uh, Jericho gets his arm cut open first on the cell. Uh, I liked his catapult where he catapults Triple H off the stairs into the cell. Yeah. That's when Triple H blades. And you see it. Yep. You see him go for the wrist tape. Uh, oh yeah. And then, you know, I wrote down lots of, lots of usage of the cell unlike today. Cause today's Hell in a Cell matches are nothing more than just people locked in the ring really. Yep. There's no usage of the chain link fence. And that's the difference between the this latter attitude era and, and now you know, and PG. Yeah, it's just well, I mean, you know, I would still think even with the cell you can beat each other up on the on the chain link, but just don't blade. You know? Yeah. But I don't make know. Make sure it's, all make sure all of the chain links are filed down real good. Nobody's yeah. gonna get cut. And, and I don't like the cell nowadays either. No. And at this time, Hell in a Cell was the uh, the devil's playground. Yeah, they can't this say is, that anymore. This is before Elimination Chamber became the you know most uh, brutal of matches. That got. I think the Elimination Chamber got watered down faster than the Hell in a Cell did. It did. Absolutely. I mean, the first like two or three were okay, and then it was like, okay, this is kind of. Man. Too much. Yeah. You know, like back here, it was Hell in a Cell was like once a year, but it was everybody loved Hell in a Cell. And actually, this year was actually the year with the uh, 
Actually, 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 this year was the first absolutely, year. Absolutely, absolutely. The Elimination Chamber at Survivor Series. We'll have to do Survivor Series later on. Yeah, we will. So, is yeah, this I mean, the they... first time in a Hell in a Cell match where the ref goes up on top? I don't. I don't know. That's a good question. I think he because Kyoto climbed up there. Yeah, I. It might After have been Tim the first White time. Took the bump. Yeah. I don't recall. I, I, I think it is because the match finishes on top of the cell. Yeah, and uh, man, that's you know they get up there. Uh, they're well, both first bleeding. All, yeah, first of all, uh, Jericho kind of beats on the ref, and then they're really using the steps. Triple H hits the ladder with the chair, and it looks like it hits Chris Jericho's hand, but it didn't. Uh, and that's when Tim White is on the on the ropes outside and he, they bump into him and he fly, dude, he flew into the cell. <laughs> dude flew over into the cell. He hit it. And then he, you can tell he's, he's in, he's like referee injured when that kind of bump would have put a referee out for like three days in referee world. <laughs> he would have never got up in the world uh, of refs. Yeah. And then they, you know, they bring in all the other refs and you can kind of tell something happened. Um, and this is when they get out of the cell because the refs cut the door to get in. And then they get up top, like you were saying. Uh, well, Triple H hits that DDT to Jericho on the table. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's sweet. That was and then sweet. they go up. Uh, Y2J brings Barbie up there. And he hits Triple H with that. And you can kind of tell. I don't remember if it's when Jericho hits Triple H or Triple H hits Jericho with Barbie. And for any of you who don't remember who Barbie is, it's a piece of wood wrapped in barbed wire. So, oh, uh, are you talking about when it stuck to Chris Jericho? Yeah, it stuck to his hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, I seen it stick, and I could tell Triple H kind of didn't yank away. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to rip his hair out. But. Yeah, uh, hits the walls of Jericho. Um, and that was a cool spot. It was it. It wasn't as you know, obviously not as you know, vivid as Stone Cold and Bret Hart. You do know? Oh it. yeah, yeah. That was a whip it. That sounded like a whip. It didn't zoom, sound like zoom, a vet. Zoom, 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 zoom. But they're both bleeding, and it's just really good camera work, especially for them being on top of the cell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Triple H gets flipped over, and that's you, there's a lot of like. I think the cell is going to break moments when they're up there. I, it's crazy because that has to be really reinforced. You got a two hundred. 50 pound Triple H falling down on it, you know, and uh, or whatever. I don't uh, want to fall uh, through uh, the cellar. <laughs> he that's when he hits Triple H with Barbie and it gets stuck to his hair. He hits the pedigree on top and then Triple H wins. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite Hell in a Cell matches, and it's I think it's underrated as hell. I don't, it's I, it is, you know, but like you said, between this and Edge and Kurt Angle. I have to honestly, I have to give the edge to this one. Yeah. No, I mean it as match of the night. Edge and Kurt Angle is number two to this, and and these are really it's it's a one A one B scenario. Yeah. Different and types of matches. I just man, I don't know. This is just one of my favorite Hell in a Cells. I think it just Jericho really went in this. You know, for anybody who didn't think he was a main event player, I think this is the match. Him feuding with Triple H in general kind of puts him there, but when they go in a hell in a cell and beat the shit out of each other, I think that kind of makes that kind of shows it right there. I'm like, yeah, you know, and Jericho went, you know, he was he had a lot of offense in it, and of course Triple H had a little more, but Jericho had a lot of offense and looked really good and on top, and then kind of after this, he he just goes right back down to mid card, uh, and Jericho doesn't get another world title reign until. I would say 08. I think that's when it is. Or, yeah, 08. Yeah, 08. He goes in a feud with Cena, but he doesn't get the belt, and then he gets fired. So, yeah. Anyways, great Hell in a Cell match. Uh, After after Hell in a Cell, Angle's backstage running around, running from Edge. Another get the F out promo. This is the sex in the car with Stacey Keebler one. I think they're having sex. And that it's it's a foggy window and it has WWF on it and then she her toe <laughs> she catches the window switch with her toe and it rolls down and when it comes back up it's just WWE it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> corny because it would have erased it all in reality yeah uh, Maven and Tori are at WWE New York 
and Tori's like flirting with Maven. He's very high on painkillers. <laughs> <laughs> were they in his fanny pack? They were in his fanny pack. Maven. I think his biggest, the biggest highlight of his career was having the hardcore title and eliminating Undertaker from the Royal Rumble. I was going to say, I was going to go with the, the Taker. Undertaker elimination. The Taker. <laughs> the Taker. But it, I, I liked Maven. I thought he was good. But the tough enough thing, I don't know why they do that because none of those guys ever become stars. Yeah. It's like a waste of – I think it's just another show to get money off of. Uh, after this, you were right. We did get Chuck and Billy versus Rikishi and Rico. This is a pretty uneventful match. You know, and I always liked the Rico character. Yeah, yeah. He, he had the, the best sideburns in the business. Until Matt Jackson. Yeah, oh, of course. Well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, At Rico the time. <laughs> he when he I used to want when I was a kid and I didn't have facial hair. I wanted Rico's facial hair. I wanted the sideburns. I had them in high school. Wow. Like, Only, were you like Danzig? My, mine were more like Fat Elvis meets Wolverine. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they were huge. I mean, yeah, much huge. Huge. They were huge. Uh, Chuck and Billy lose the tag team titles to Rikishi and Rico. We kind of had a little mid-match promo there, but this match, it was just one of those, like, kind of come down from the Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, and... it's just some... <clears throat> and it... <clears throat> Excuse me. Now I got a frog in my throat, Ski. Yeah. 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 Pow. Um, yeah, this was... It was just one of those... Let's separate the two biggest matches on the card. And, unfortunately, the tag team titles were... Uh, up for grabs so that that part is unfortunate well they went back to chuck and billy not too long after right oh i love i love how uh (laughs) rikishi gets his belt and he goes up there and dances and i think it's funny because when chuck and billy are walking off rico kind of looks back and grabs the belt and hides it behind his back and keeps walking (laughs) he's happy he's attacked i loved rico man i'm with you Let's do a Rico uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, he's a police officer now in New York. Uh, he was Las too. Vegas. Las Vegas. Vegas. Okay. Uh, Vegas. After Vegas, this, Vegas. After this, Edge and Angle are backstage. Angle brings out. He gets a hold of Edge and brings him out and says he's gonna he's gonna cut Edge's hair. But Edge uh, Edge shaves Angle. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Edge cuts Kurt Angle's hair. And this is a pretty clean haircut, man. Yeah. They, even got, they got the shaving cream on and everything. Yep. Angle's sitting there acting like he's asleep. <laughs> like he got knocked out or something. So that was – it's cool. And then Angle continues to wear the – he wears that little head – the headgear with the hair on it for the next month or so. Oh, and God, they, I love that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we get to the main event here. Undertaker versus Hulk Hogan for the uh, – Hollywood WWE. Hulk Hogan. He's like a hybrid because he's got the he's got the. It's the best of both worlds. I like this Hogan a lot. I did too. This is one of my because <clears throat> I want because... as as a kid as the kid inside of me I want to see the red and yellow Hogan, but yeah, I love the black kind the of black and tan. five o'clock shadow. Yeah, with the Fu Manchu. Yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome. This has. These guys kind of had a good build to this, and like you said, uh, you know, with the he run he chains up Hogan to the back of the bike and drives him around, you know, dragging his ass around, and then Brother. Hogan gets Hogan gets the bike and he can't start it. Uh, so the build was kind of cool to this, and I remember watching Raw. It was different. This time. Yeah, I remember watching Raw a bit here and there around this time. Like I think Judgment Day 02, It was like before King of the Ring. I kind of got. King of the Rings when I kind of started getting in and out in O two, and then I just pretty much the rest of the year I was like I was just out of wrestling. I got back in in O three, so Judgment Day is kind of you know I remember stuff around this time. Uh, Undertaker has or uh, Hogan has the weird Voodoo Child rip or dub. It's oh, like God, it was awful. Yeah, it's like that. They kind of have the. I, I just overdubbed it myself. I overdubbed the overdub, but I just sang Voodoo Child. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, Hogan did <clears throat> use the Voodoo Child song back then. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. the network didn't get the rights to it. Right, right. Because um, if you want, I can run through my notes because I basically have it m- move for move. move. For move. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. And in a short condensed version, then we can go back and go through it if you want. Because I just okay. think it's funny. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. Big boot, leg drop, one, two, three. <laughs> it's, a cla- it's a classic Terry match with some updates. Yeah. The strapping yeah. opening. See what I did there? Yeah, I see what you did there. Undertaker comes out with the Hollywood weight belt, Cardello weight belt, and he's whipping Hogan to hell as soon as he gets in the ring. Then, of course, you know, Hulk takes over, takes the strap, starts whipping Taker with it. Hulkster back body drop. Then he rips the shirt. Then Undertaker misses old school because it's Hogan. And yeah. then we then we get a Hulkplex from the middle turnbuckle. What? Oh, God, yeah. Dude, and that, I mean, hey, you know, props to Hulkster. I haven't, that was, this is the first match I think I've seen him do that. That's like when you go back and watch his New Japan stuff and he does an insiguri. Yeah. And you're like, what? Uh, Taker works the knee, half-assed, half-crab. Yep. Big boot, missed leg drop, choke slam, multiple Hulk-ups. Big boot, leg drop, one, two, no. Taker gets chair as Vince comes down. Hulk big boot to chair. Leg drop. Oh, wait. Earl's, di- Earl's distracted. Yeah. Hulk tries to get him to pay attention. Taker chair smash. Takes Earl down also, which was freaking hilarious. I was laughing my ass off. Yep. Because he hit him so hard. Like, Hogan, like, kind of, like, jumped forward because he was leaned down. Yeah. And, like, Earl Hebner, like, shoots, like, flies. Yeah. He, uh, he cracked his ass. So then after the chair smash... Choke slam, one, two, three, new champ, Vince Smiles, Taker takes Hogan's throat. <laughs> Dude, that's the whole match right there. <laughs> Literally, in a nutshell. I mean, I would um, watch it just because it's entertaining, like I said, no, the and, flex from the middle turn buckle. And that's, and that's what I was going to say was, I think this match is so intriguing. I don't think it's a bad match. I, no, I, I it loved it. Just because of who was in it. But it I was, was short, say, it was sweet, but the storytelling in it, makes it seem like a longer match. It's not boring at all. No, no, it's not boring. It's just a, I mean, it's two guys that aren't going to be doing, you know, super kicks and flips and stuff. It's a, it's a brawling. They brawl. Yeah. And, uh, I, I wrote, man, down, I Hulk how sold much it, the hell out of that knee, by the way. Yeah. I put down, I wonder how much it costs to have Hogan drop the belt. Uh, for, you know, how much they had to pay him to lose the belt. Cause I'm sure, well, he I'm thought sure he, needed I'm sure to he got it. a little bit off the top. Yeah, uh, slow paced. I mean, well, I mean, you know, you're you're just kind of described it pretty good. Uh, Hogan big booted the chair while Vince distracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a new champ. It's I like I wrote down. It looks it looks great on paper, but I think the big the big thing to this was with Vince coming out. That kind of began the build to the next WrestleMania. Hogan with, and Vince. Hogan and Vince. I think that's a huge. That was. I think that was a big part of this match. Even though it was a small little spot, I think that that kind of started the blueprint for yeah. the next year. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like you get those little hints of Vince wants Hulkamania gone. Um, yeah. So he'll do it by any means necessary. He basically, you know, in the months following, he says, you know, he created Hulkamania and he wants it dead. That's right. Uh, Hulk, after- Hulk says, I don't think so, brother. I don't think so, brother. Uh, and Hulk's with the company until like, oh, f- well, he kind of, he isn't there in 04, he, but he's through he's like the summer off. of 03. And then he, that's during like the Mr. America gimmick. And then he's yeah. gone. Yeah, and then, and he, then comes, he comes back 05. in 05 for the Hall of Fame. And then, and then 06. Yeah. He does so. He does Sean at SummerSlam 05 and Randy at SummerSlam 06. Right. Uh, Taker does attack him with a chair at the end, and then Taker stands tall with the belt. Now, it's, it's you recorded, but they don't even sing the song in this. I know. I kept waiting for it because I actually liked that theme. You've gone and made a big mistake. So they say that Taker didn't draw as a champion. Well, they said that before in the 90s that he didn't draw as a champion. Yeah, that's kind of... But we're going to give him the belt anyways, and he's going to have more world title runs after this. I liked... I mean, I liked him as the big evil heel champion. And that belt, I don't know, man. I just... I wish that belt wasn't more short-lived because I wish they would have kept that instead of the spinner belt. I would have took that undisputed belt over the spinner belt. Oh, I hated the spinner belt. I hated it as the U.S. belt. Stop, yeah, it just stop and then they, making specific b- 
designs for one person, unless it's the smoking skull. Well, the, and it wasn't even for one person. They kept the belt. Yeah. And then, like, Edge That's had what I'm it. saying, because it looks every... stupid. Yeah, and I noticed it kind of stopped spinning. Yeah. They stopped making it a spinner, but it's still, to me, that belt, I don't know, man. That was I, Cena's I just, belt. That was Cena's belt, and I think they should have just kept the Undisputed belt uh, and or just, you know, I like the Undisputed belt, though. Levi's itching to do a belt show. Well, I do want to do a belt show, yeah. We I would, will. I would, I would love to do that. But We'll do it this summer. That's uh, that's Judgment Day 2002 for you. I would. I recommend going back and watching it if you're looking for a fun watch. Very entertaining show. There wasn't many points where I was like, ah, I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, I mean, maybe the the women's match, but even then, it's like, okay, what's Devon and Bubba doing? Right, you know? right. So there's always kind of something going on. And it was at the start of the brand split, so I think there was a lot of... There was a lot of story to tell at this time. And then I, I actually own King of the Ring 02 on DVD. Mm-hmm. That one has a good Triple H and Undertaker match for the title. Of course, Brock becomes King of the Ring. And um, Triple H becomes number one contender for the title for King of the Ring by beating Hogan on SmackDown. Yep. So that's why that go, that right there gets rid of that whole, well, Hulk, Hulk never got his rematch. Yeah. Well, he kind of put that on the line when he did a number one contenders match with Paul. And there's a fun fact, and I, it's I mentioned it to you yesterday, but the title changes from a little burp, excuse me. WrestleMania, Triple H becomes champion. Backlash, Hulk Hogan becomes champion. Judgment Day, Undertaker becomes champion. Undertaker retains at King of the Ring. Vengeance, Rock becomes champion. SummerSlam, Brock becomes champion. So it's kind of it's every month except for June, the title changes throughout the summer. And then Brock holds it all the way till WrestleMania. Yeah, they're. Tr- I think at the this is a year. This is kind of like their pivot year where they're they know they're going to go with Brock. They're just having to find different ways to get it to him. Yeah, and I and you know everybody that they put that belt on throughout the summer, and even Chris Jericho who had it till WrestleMania. I I mean I accept them all as champions: Jericho, yeah. Triple H, Undertaker, Hogan. You know, Rock. So it's the Rock having it for a month. Sometimes them having it for a month is bothersome, but I did like this summer because it was cool because it was interesting. Everybody kept becoming champion, and like it, it was just you never knew. Like, oh, okay, is he going to hold it for a long time? Is he going to lose it on SmackDown? Is he lose it on Raw? You know, you never knew. And the belt changed hands on TV. Yeah, I mean. You know? I mean, maybe not even change hands. It, the match, the belt was contested for on TV. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like you said, I mean, hell of a summer. Uh, Jericho Jericho moves on to enter the King of the Ring tournament. Loses to Rob Van Dam. Undertaker defeated Rob Van Dam the night after Judgment Day after he attacked Rob Van Dam. And then they ended up having a match. And the, the King of the Ring, the winner of King of the Ring is, it's Rob Van Dam versus Brock Lesnar. Obviously, we know who wins. But the winner gets undisputed title shot at SummerSlam. So that was kind of a... The setup for that. Yeah, that was kind of a new stipulation. And they did it months prior. So it's kind of... But, you know, King of the Ring tournament was so useful back then. Yeah, and it still, it it really still could be. You know, it but could. Now I, guess I would love... In the bank. I would love King of the Ring to be put back in about June, and that's the number one contender at SummerSlam. You still have money in the bank, but you've got to have that. Yeah, but you've got to have that guaranteed match for SummerSlam, and they just seem like they throw it together instead of doing a King of the Ring. Yeah, I like I like the idea of Money in the Bank pay per view going bye bye, but Money in the Bank's back at WrestleMania. Yeah, that gives you an automatic I, yeah, match I, at WrestleMania. I want the match. I just don't want the entire pay-per-view because, I mean, the little bit of Raw I watched last night, the build is just slow and boring. Yeah, and King of the Ring was fun because you have have qualifying matches and tournament matches going on throughout the whole month of June. And with the roster they have now, I mean, even the Money in the Bank qualifying matches are more fun to watch than I think the actual show's going to be. Yeah. So. But here it's, you know, moving, like, kind of like setting up the angles for the summer for 2002 um let's see here hogan has a stare down with mr mcmahon on the episode of smackdown uh this sets up his uh little program with (laughs) 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 this is 
<laughs> and then later on in the summer, uh, Hogan and Edge end up winning the tag titles together. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. That was that summer. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Stone Cold continues his feed with Ric Flair, which added both Eddie Guerrero and a returning from injury, Chris. Beep. Um, well, the fun part about I noticed something, too. The Vengeance promo poster has Stone Cold's face on it. Yeah. But he's not on the show because he was gone. He was gone. He so gone I'm bye-bye. guessing that might have been the that might have been the Flair versus Stone Cold one on one match if he was still there. So yeah, so. basically that I mean that's that's it. I mean, then it talks about the the women's feud going forward. Um, yeah, let's hit the plugs and take her home. All right, as we said earlier, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash heels and quads is our merch stop. So go to that on your interweb. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Heels and Quads, our personal uh, merch page. Uh, you can also go to CollarAndElbowBrand.com and at CollarAndElbowBrand.com and check out, use coupon code Heels and Quads in all caps to save 10%. Follow me on Twitter at Levi D. Zindel. And I'm going to go get in dad mode. I'm Tommy at Mr. Tommy Walter on Twitter. Follow me there. Follow the show at Heels and Quads on Twitter. DM the show. Let us know. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. Make sure you leave a review. And if you have any concerns or complaints, please let us know. Email the show, heelsandquads at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at Heels and Quads Wrestling Podcast. And <laughs> Facebook sucks. Tell your tell friends. Tell, tell your, your enemies. enemies. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. Whatever. <laughs> tell your friends. Tell your enemies. There. Bye.